Hello and welcome to the Women's Mind Body Health Podcast. My name is April Wright and I'm here with Kim Connolly, the dietitian down under. Kim recently attended the Low Carb Down Under Conference and has learned some important information for those with type 1 diabetes regarding eating a low carb, high fat diet. This is the second part of a full podcast broken up to focus just on this type 1 diabetes section. So we'll just, it's basically starting in the middle of a big podcast, but uh, we just have this one little section for those who are interested in the type 1 diabetes section. Now over to Kim. So there was an interesting talk as well by um, uh, an endocrinologist, Dr. Sheila Cook, um, up from up at Toowoomba. And that was interesting because she's just started her PhD looking at um, type 1 diabetes and a low-carb diet. Um, Mm. And that was after, uh, because the the big thing about type 1 diabetes is this is where you've got the damage to the pancreas which produces the insulin. So you you just don't produce it anymore um, progressively. Um, when you're first diagnosed you might produce a little bit but over time your immune system attacks the the cells in the pancreas that produce insulin and you don't and you need insulin Um, I know I've talked about it being high and being a problem but you need insulin you can't live without it you will literally waste away and die from starvation because you can't store anything in the cells Um, and that sort of tells us a bit about why high insulin levels are a problem. You're just storing way too much in the cells. So you need some insulin and that's why people um, who develop type 1 diabetes use insulin injections because their pancreas doesn't produce it anymore. The trouble is trying to keep you know your blood sugars normal at that mm-hmm. point. You, you have to do what your body does automatically or what our bodies do automatically when we don't have type 1. And that's tricky because, um, you know, stress and exercise and food all influence your blood sugar levels. And so you've got to try and match the insulin you give to keep that in the normal range without pushing it with the greatest risk too low. If you push it too low, you will die um, to the, you know, because your brain will will, um, fail without some glucose. So there's a real risk with going low um, and there are, you know, some pretty significant horrible symptoms associated with that, including shaking and, and nausea and disorientation and um, just feeling really terrible. So um, it's interesting to see this low-carb model uh, applied in the area of type 1 diabetes because you would go, well, what's the benefit of that? Um, and really it's about not having to chase your tail around the glucose producing food. So if you eat some carbohydrate, you've got to match your insulin um, to the amount of carbohydrate to try and keep your levels normal. And <clears throat> what ends up happening is there's lags and there's um, delays and there's differences between you know, how well you break down the glucose and it gets in the system and the amount of insulin you use. So you'll go high and then you'll go low and then you, you just ride this roller coaster. And um, <clears throat> that's always been a, an issue. And unfortunately, to date, a diagnosis of type 1 come, comes with 10 to 18 years of life lost. And that's really significant. Um, and target A1C for people with type 1 is less than 7%. 
and you know heart risk like we said goes up from 5.5 in all people Um, so your risk if you're only targeting 7% you've got this really broad area of risk where you create uh, some damage but the issue is if you're if you're trying to really micro control your glucose levels to get your A1C into that normal range you end up hypoing way too much and and it's really frightening and and that too is damaging to mm. brain cells etc so um, it was of great interest to this particular doctor when one of her patients followed a, a low carb diet and the greatest interest came when she had this massive reduction in her A1C down to, I can't remember what she said, but I, I suspect it'll be under 6% because that's what I've seen in, in a study recently that was done on a community of people. Um, uh, the community of people is a Facebook community called Type 1 Grit and um, what they do is they follow um, a, a particular low-carb model um, and that's what this patient of, of this doctor had done and she had this massive reduction in A1C without those hypoglycemic events So, um, and that's what they saw, that was what was seen in the study that was, that was done recently which was this observational study of people following this model in that there was a lot less um, hypoglycemic events which is the biggest challenge in type 1 diabetes um, and at the same time they were getting these beautiful A1C levels um, approaching the normal range and that's that's very exciting to think that there might be something that can be offered from a dietary perspective um, and so yeah the the doctor in question is doing a PhD in that field um, so it'll be great to see um, you know the results of that when it comes out and you know, PhDs add to a body of research and, and there's a lot of value in them because it helps us then guides guides people um, you know by providing some evidence about what works and what doesn't so um, fantastic that she's taken on that so that was um, that was of interest there was quite a, a bit actually in the type 1 sort of space another talk by Dr. Jake um, Kushner, who's a, who's from the US or Canada? Sorry, I can't remember quite. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, April. I know it's different <laughs> over there somewhere over there. in North America. Yeah. Um, and he's a um, an endocrinologist as well, a pediatric endocrinologist, and a and a published researcher too in the area of type one. And um, he also spoke of that study, the type one grit study that was released only. I think it was this year actually Um, and something that was that he said um, really uh, hit home to me and and this is something that I've kind of heard about but hadn't really put in into my bucket of knowledge and that's that's that protein if you eat sort of protein based foods like meat chicken eggs fish you do get some glucose from that Um, we typically think of the glucose producing foods as being the carbohydrate ones because that's mm-hmm. that's what the building block of a carbohydrate is is glucose but there is a little bit of glucose in the amino acids that make up proteins and about 20 grams of protein 
um, delivers about six grams of glucose, but it's a delayed response. So it's you eat it, but it's it's a couple of hours later that you see this little bump in your glucose level. So that was just a interesting because in that type one grit community, they use insulin to um, to re, you know to counter for that protein response. So they, they've got this this good sort of model of understanding what pushes glucose up and where where they need insulin to keep that the blood sugar levels normal um, the big thing that he spoke about though that um, I had heard about and and it was of interest to me and I hadn't realized at the time that we were using a new class of oral drugs in um, for type 1 um, diabetes uh, blood glucose control and they are the SGLT2 sort of class of drug and and what that does that particular medication does is encourage the kidneys to get rid of the extra glucose rather than reabsorbing it which is what they typically do so uh, we use it for type 2 diabetes it's one of the medications that we commonly use to get blood sugars um, back into the normal range because obviously insulin's not working at that point in that insulin resistant state to do it so we use another class of drugs to do it the issue is that there's a there's a very life-threatening um, problem in um, type 1 diabetes and it comes from this absolute lack of insulin and that's called a, a DKA a diabetic ketoacidosis state and that's where you have um, fat is being burned because you can't use glucose you need insulin for using glucose fats being burned and you're producing ketones and ketones are slightly acidic but the ketones that we're talking about in this state are really high so they're a hundredfold higher than what we see in a low carb diet Um, nutritional ketosis you produce a little bit of ketone um, and that's just a good fuel that we can use the brain uses it Um, but in this state where you have no or this absolute deficiency of insulin um, you don't get the break that insulin provides on ketosis so your your ketone levels just go up and up and up and up and up and that can lead to um, an acid state in the blood and that causes death so um, what he was referring to is that when you give this medication this SGLT2 medication that causes the kidneys to get rid of your glucose and a sign that you're not clear that you're heading towards this DKA state is both high ketones and high glucose and we typically only check with those glucose monitors glucose levels Mm. and so if your glucose is not elevating we're not sort of thinking that there's a problem here Um, and uh, the the issue is if you're using this other oral medication to bring your your blood sugars down, we might be missing the fact that you're not using enough insulin or any insulin, and and so your ketone levels are rising because your body's just trying to stay alive and burn fat instead, and um, and so you can get this higher level of um, ketones going up, and because we're not checking them as regularly as we check glucose levels then it can go undiagnosed and there's been some cases of um, DKA or diabetic ketoacidosis occurring with relatively normal glucose levels 
because um, of the use of this other medication um, at the same time. So this has sort of been flagged as an issue because when, when we're sort of looking out for for um, this particular state, we're looking for high glucose levels too. Um, and that just means that you've got, um, you know, life-threateningly low insulin levels. Mm. And th- the result of that is that you get sick and are nauseous and if we go and check, your ketones will be high. Mm. And so um, he was just flagging this as something that's been seen a few times now um, and um, we're missing <clears throat> because we don't have that, that normal indicator of high, high glucose to say, right, we better check your ketones now because your glucose is running high, um, then it's being missed. So that was that was really, um, you know, it was interesting for me anyway to to have that flagged as an issue and why and Mm. um yeah it's just that this different class of medication is getting our sugars down but missing the fact that in in type one there's just not enough insulin around type two too much and then eventually not enough because the the system fails in type one you start with not enough Mm. um so i hope that makes a bit of sense but um that's really uh important for people with type one Show notes for this episode can be found at dietitiandownunder.com slash lowcarb2018. There are two other sections of this podcast available if you'd like to know more about what Kim has learned at the conference. And until next time, thanks for listening. 